Welcome back to the Straight Talk Sports Podcast. This is episode 30. I am your host, Jack Barlow. Alongside me again today, Pearson Butler. And Pearson, we are World Series champions. Yes, we are. And we both went to the parade, so we got to experience that shit front row. Yes, yes. I was uh, over at my buddy's place on Tremont Street. Where were you watching the parade from? I was on the commons with uh, the common folk. With uh, the And the common folk meaning all the drunk high schoolers skipping school. Yes, I took the boat in from uh, Hingham and that was pretty much it. It was me and then about 400 middle school to high schoolers taking the boat in. It yeah. Was, it was a very weird feeling. Yes, it was. All right, well, we should... Uh, I know we're a little late on this World Series recap, but... We'll just jump right into it and kind of get it, get it moving. Hell of a series. Yeah, it was a quick one. Yep. Obviously, Sox taking it in five. They dispatched not only the Yankees, the Astros, and now the Dodgers in all gentlemen's sweeps. I mean, this team from start to finish was just different. I know. It was actually unbelievable. And just before we jump in real quick, all three of those teams – ahead of us in the power rankings going into next year. Oh, so, yeah, I saw that. That's little garbage. Ridiculous, little ridiculous, but uh, it's like everyone just forgot what they just watched. Um, but who knows? Well, uh, I think it was a great series. Um, it really won one game that was really historic and interesting, and it was our one loss. But, uh, I mean, we'll get into that game. But first, game one. Nailed that score. Yeah, kudos to you there. Kudos to you. Thank you very much. I only realized I nailed it about three days later, but I will take credit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean eight four. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. No, Benny four hits. All of them came off lefties. Cora, mm-hmm. you talked about him making the right moves. Unbelievable. And boom, there you go. Game one, pinch hit. Nunez three run homer. It was unbelievable. I don't know if I saw Cora make one mistake this whole series. It was like, whether it's putting Evaldi in for eight innings to close it out, uh, not trying to get too many bullpen people in there, or whether it was putting uh, Nunez in, uh, it's just, he was a genius, you're right. Yeah, I mean, he was phenomenal, I mean, right off the bat in game one, for the Sox to take that momentum, which was huge, brought us right into game two, David Price on the mound, Mm -hmm. everyone knows now that he can... Send all the haters packing because this World Series was his. Um, I mean, right off the bat, game two, six innings, three hits. He was phenomenal. Gets yeah. the win in that game. Um, the media no longer holds all the cards. Yeah. Price holds all the cards. Oh, yeah. David holds all the cards now. That's, he loved uh, that, didn't he? Yeah, that was, that was a great soundbite. <laughs> he was really big on that one. He's, um, he's, a, little, he's a little bitter sometimes. He, he, uh, he's got some... I don't know. He, he definitely felt like he was playing against the media when he was pitching out there. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that at the time, but he really has a, a bone to pick with them. 
Yeah, and I mean, we'll we'll dive into the series that Steve Pierce had, but Price easily could have been MVP. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would have been the better storyline, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, I mean, agreed. Yeah, Bye. all the credit in the world to Pierce. Guy's a journeyman, twelve-year veteran, played on every AL East team. Now he's a champion. Grew up in Boston, there, right? Yeah, he's a uh, yeah, he's a. I think he was. Medford or something is where his dad was from, mm-hmm. I think, was what they were saying. Yeah, unbelievable story. Yeah, so so kudos to him. Shout out Steve Pierce. But, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, David Price, winners, uh, winner of two of the four games in the World Series, mm-hmm. uh, all started with his six-inning effort in game yeah. two. Unofficial MVP, I'd say. Yeah, and like you said, he, he seemed a little bitter. I think he was a little salty. He didn't get the nod there for that. Yeah, but, something like that, yep. Um, we'll, talk, we'll talk about... Uh, a David Price moment that I'll never forget later in the series. Um, let's let's just get to that game three, epic eighteen inning, seven hour and twenty minutes, longest World Series Crazy. game ever. Nathan Ivaldi, I mean, build the man a statue, give him all the money in the world this off season. And I've never seen a better performance in a loss, but it was just unbelievable watching him. That's a full start he'd have had right there. Yeah, coming out of the bullpen in the twelfth uh, inning to then throw six more mm-hmm. shutout innings, and then unfortunately giving up the walk off to uh, that troll Max Muncie. But yeah. I mean, what that guy did was insane. Watched about seven innings at a bar in Boston. Got an Uber home. Watched about eight more innings when I got home. It was crazy. Yeah, it was it was absurd. I, I had buddies texted me like. So if the bars close at two o'clock, like, are they still going to have people there? I'm like, no, they're kicking people out. People yeah. are going to be going crazy on the yeah. streets trying to watch the end of this game. Find a TV. Yeah, it was uh, insane. Um, Fun to watch. Uh, it's bad to say because, I mean, you want to win the championship, but you do like to see a little competition, a little pressure there. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're used to in Boston championships. This oof. is one of the only ones I've seen where it was just so dominant. Yeah, it was. I mean. It took 18 innings for this team to lose its first playoff game on the road. Mm-hmm. It took 18 innings for them to lose their only World Series game. Uh, you talked about adversity. I was very, very nervous in Game 4 as we were approaching the later innings. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Yasiel Puig hit that three-run bomb off of Erod. And I think that, like, albeit a bad sign for the Sox, but... Puig's bat flip, mm-hmm. and then Erod throwing his glove on the ground. That's yeah. like a gifable moment forever. So yeah, definitely, that was awesome. definitely memorable in that game. Uh, yeah, it was a good thing we uh, turned it around a little there. Yeah, I mean, it took a tongue lashing from Chris Sale to get everyone going. What, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on Sale ripping everyone in the dugout? Uh, I think we needed it. I mean, you remember D- uh, David Ortiz giving the old uh, World Series pump-up speech, uh, talking to, yelling at type uh, uh, speech. And uh, I think we need offense needed to wake up. The pitchers were doing everything they could, and uh, they responded. Yeah, I, I it's hard to read his lips. Uh, usually you're pretty good at being able to see the emotion on guys. But yeah. uh, basically from what I saw, it, it looked like he said, we got two friggin' hits. This yeah. guy throws two fucking pitches. Like, let's go out <laughs> there. We're fucking better than this. So yep. that was uh, that was a big turning point. And then, I mean, boom, Mitch Moreland hits a three-run ball that I still, doesn't, I still don't think it's landed. Um, no. It was an absolute missile. That was a bomb. And – 
Then we have World Series MVP Steve Pierce at the game-tying home run just a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And then all hell broke loose as far as the Dodgers bullpen. Yeah, they, uh, I've never seen a team fall apart that hard uh, in a game that they needed to win. So it was a great job. I mean, Steve Pierce, you can't take any credit away from what he did in this series. Unbelievable batting. Um, at first, he was doing great. Um, it, was, it was great to watch. Yeah, that game that game was fun. Uh, shout out to Matt Flamini and Fallon Flamini. We I was uh, at their wedding, my cousin, and uh, the reception ended just as the Red Sox decided to score some runs. So that was nice. a lot of fun watching with uh, some family and friends as the Sox came back for that one. So nice. good night there. And All then, time. yeah, obviously game five, it was over before it even started. Yeah, uh, that was. I mean, it was a great game. Uh, David Price. Unbelievable. You go eight innings. Yeah, seven plus. Seven plus. Uh, he was just, he was lights out, and he, he deserves all the credit. Um, like we said, should have been MVP. Um, and the first pitch was to freeze, right? Freeze with the home run. Yeah, I was a little little shook after that because Pierce hit his two-run bomb in the yeah. top of the first. I'm like, all right, we're getting a curse shot tonight. Let's go, Price. Yeah. And then literally the first pitch over yeah. the wall. It's yeah. like, oh, gosh. Just had to settle down a little bit and uh, get in the groove, and he absolutely did that. Yeah, he was phenomenal. At one point, tired 14 straight batters, yeah. uh, gave up a walk to lead off the eighth, and then that was it. But, I mean, the bullpen on the back end, well, bullpen in quotes, because you had Joe Kelly and Chris Sale striking out six batters mm-hmm. in the final two innings. Yeah, I mean, that was great. And it was good to see Mookie, J.D., get uh, get in it a little bit, too, in the offense. Mm-hmm. Um Mookie had been pretty silent uh, the rest of the series, but uh, always good to see someone who had such an impact during the regular season uh, sort of provide that run support in an important game. Yeah, wasn't it just fitting? You know, like Mookie and JD, uh, I mean, Mookie especially, like you said, he kind of hit a little skid there. But, I mean, they both hit solo shots, just Mm kind of capping off, like, how great of a season both of them had. Mm -hmm. And then the guy that threw the first pitch of the year throws the last. You have Chris Sale coming out amidst all the – Injury reports and everything comes out, makes Machado bend the knee to end the series. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Um, who was uh, your favorite? Uh, who was your favorite at the parade? Anyone going crazy on the team you saw, noticed, stood out? Yeah, I actually have a great video. Um, maybe I can drop it on the old Twitter machine, but it's Brock Holt right in front of us. Um, I was not throwing beers towards the uh, <laughs> towards the duck boats because you know don't want to get anyone hurt. Also, I don't have the money to be throwing beers yeah. up to professional athletes. That was crazy. Yeah, um, but no, Brock Holt I think caught about four beers like simultaneously, mm-hmm. all right in front of me, and yeah. then just started chugging them. So he was a blast to watch. Um, I gotta say the same. Brock Holt was electric that whole time. I think uh, when they passed by, we were all, everyone was throwing beers at him and. He was just throwing nips of McGillicuddy's back. So the <laughs> kid next to me caught it and chugged it, and it, it was unbelievable. I flexed at Xander Bogarts. He flexed back. No nice. Big deal. Nice. There yeah, you go. we're best friends forever now. Yeah, that was that was a blast. Uh, parade was great. And it's – everyone – this is going to be a little side tangent here, but, like, everyone always talks about how all Chicago filled 2 million people at their parade, and, like, Kansas City had a couple million at their parade. It's so different in Boston because we don't have like that one big park to end it at. Ours ends on the water when the duck boats go in and then they yep. circle back around. So we had a bunch of people. They're all just lining different parts of the street. So mm-hmm. that whole picture of 
a flood of people at a certain point in the city. Mm-hmm. No worries. Everything shuts down for about 40 minutes. If yeah. you're on, if you're on that, uh, that, uh, tr- uh, parade path, I saw, uh, a whole construction site with maybe 40 construction workers just sitting on the edge of the building, watching the parade go by. It was, it brought the whole city together. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome. So kudos to the Sox. And then they took it immediately right down to, uh, Coagas, Puerto Rico, and they had another oh, yeah. parade there for Alex Cora. So mm-hmm. big props to the Red Sox organization for that. Uh, just one couple final notes here on the baseball season. Uh, my favorite moment of the World Series, David Price being the first one running out of the dugout to get to Sale and Vasquez at the mm-hmm. end of the game. I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, um, that was fun to watch for sure. A quick shout out to Tim Fallon and Kyle Neverett for guessing the correct amount of games right on the uh, the Twitter poll there. Yeah, got a shout out. Uh, uh, good call by uh, Fallon Kyle there. Yep, well done, boys. And then uh, final note, props to Mookie Betts for winning his third straight gold glove in right field. Mm-hmm. Jackie Bradley Jr. finally getting a gold glove. That has been a long time coming. Well-deserved. Ian Kinsler, as much as we want to talk about the – Poor defensive play he made in the World <laughs> Series. Uh, a season-long effort was yeah. worthy of a gold glove. Yeah, no, I, I mean, he was he was stellar at second base uh, most of the season. Uh, his batting I was not too happy with, but he, he had moments where he shined. Um, but I think he deserves the, the gold glove. JBJ, though, I mean, I, I always thought he was just the best fielder in the league. Yeah. Uh, it, the fact that this is his first gold glove is actually ridiculous. Yeah, a little a little surprising. But um, it would have been nice if Alex Gordon could have gave Andrew Benintendi the nod in left field mm-hmm. so the entire Red Sox outfield could have won the gold glove. But yep. uh, Alex Gordon, sixth gold glove. I guess he deserves it. Who knows? <laughs> um, we good on baseball, though? Does that wrap up the baseball season pretty much? Uh, yeah, just about. Um, I mean, we, we got a couple of headlines we can jump into. Let's jump into some headlines, headlines, headlines. All right. So just today, a couple an hour ago, I think we found out Bryce Harper reportedly turned down ten year, three hundred million dollar offer from the Nationals. <sighs> Unbelievable. That's my brain exploding from thinking about how someone can turn down three hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard number to say no to. Uh, he must have something else in mind. Um, I, I read that uh, it was. A respectful offer on both sides. No one was, uh, no one felt snubbed or anything like that. But uh, he's he's definitely got something else in mind. Whether it's with the Nationals, Phillies, White Sox, uh, we don't know. But Cubs, he's got a big number Yankees. in mind, or he's got a, a place in mind that he wants. Yeah, yeah, Yankees, Cubs. Um, I mean, obviously you have Harper, Machado. They're the forefront of this uh, MLB offseason. But hopefully it'll be a hotter stove than we had last year uh last year's offseason was almost insufferable mm-hmm. with nothing getting done so we'll keep you posted on those but yeah bryce harper may not be done in nash or in a nationals uniform but 10 years 300 million not good enough so mm-hmm. we'll see what we have to come up with to get him uh another contract signing we just had earlier today we were recording on wednesday we had bruce irvin Sign with his hometown Atlanta Falcons team. Uh, he was cut by the Raiders earlier last week. And reportedly, Irvin turned down more money from the Patriots and Steelers to take a hometown discount and sign up with the Falcons. So, yeah. Pearson, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, surprising to see the Raiders uh, dropping so many players. Um, it 
it's I mean they're such a good team they got a great setup great coach yeah. um, and they have a plethora of pass rushers so you know it's obvious absolutely. they can lose a guy like Irvin yeah you I mean you've got people to spare players to spare there I mean there's so much talent John Gruden what are you doing I, I you got know. 10 years and I don't think you could do this in 20. I'm, I'm thinking he's just playing the long con here where it's like They'll be so bad this year, and mm-hmm. then next year he can be like, "Well, I drafted my guys, and look, now we're four and twelve. We yeah. got we're, we're making progress. Who By knows? year ten, they might be eleven and five. Who knows? Maybe this was the plan the whole time. Maybe it was the ten year deal because you knew first two, three years could be the worst years of his career. Yeah, man, that team is a dumpster fire. Yep. Uh, one final NFL note before we talk about some basketball here in headlines. Uh, Free agent wide receiver Des Bryant is now a New Orleans Saint. Yeah, this this is actually crazy news. Uh, he's been what has it been six weeks now since he's been a free agent, hasn't signed with any team. Uh, the Saints pick him up. Uh, they do not have a ton of wide receivers right now. Um, I mean, obviously Michael Thomas is unbelievable, uh, incredible weapon on the Saints offense. Other than that, you've got Benjamin Watson. Uh, as far as passing goes, a couple passes to Kamara out of the backfield. Um, other than that, you got Ted Ginn, who's on the IR. So uh, I think it was a, a decent pickup for the Saints, but I just don't think Dez is the player that he was three, four years ago, um, maybe even longer than that. Uh, mm-hmm. On the Cowboys, he wasn't wasn't uh, performing up to standard, and we'll see. I mean, Drew Brees is that QB who could get him back to uh, – the Dez that we all knew. Yeah, I mean, the weapons on this offense, I mean, if they want to go power, they can use Mark Ingram. They want mm-hmm. to be versatile out of the backfield. You have Kamara. Like you said, Michael Thomas, I mean, he's a top three wide receiver yeah. in he the NFL. killed me in fantasy last week. Oh, yeah, boy, had a big day. Yeah. Uh, big day for Jay Gatsby. Shout out Jay getting his first win in our <laughs> league. So proud of you, buddy. Um, but, yeah, Des Bryant is a saint, and – We'll have more to come on the Saints once we get into some NFL action, but Pearson's going to hit you with some big NBA headlines. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a slow week. Uh, if the Celtics had won some games, we might have more to talk about, but uh, Kyrie and Jamal Murray, this whole story, uh, Jamal Murray was going off against the Celtics. Uh, got 48 points. Uh, final seconds, they're winding, the clock's winding down, and uh, the Nuggets have the ball. Jamal Murray uh, hucks up a three with a second left just to try and get above 50 and it did not sit well with the Celtics especially Kyrie Irving he had a little talking to to Jamal Murray and then he hucked the ball into the stands uh fined 25,000 for it he got a good toss on that ball I'm not sure if you saw where it landed but it was like the top of the lower bowl so it's a pretty good throw (laughs) I missed where it landed yeah but um, uh today he stood by that he said Double down that, on it. Yeah, he said that was a, a chump move by uh, Murray. Um, for me, it goes it goes a little both ways here. The Celtics were up 18 in the first half. They got to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Murray was not missing any shots fourth quarter, third quarter. Uh, it was actually pretty unbelievable to watch. But you can't do that. You really can't. I mean, I've seen some comments online that anyone would do that in that situation. That's just not true. Um, I don't think anyone – It's it's a respect thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't want to be the old timer. Oh, you got to respect the game, but uh, I think that y- you can't do that in the final second when you've already got the win. Yeah, I mean, like you said, big comeback win for the Nuggets. 
Jamal Murray on fire. I mean, he's a young player in this league, so and I can see where he goes and takes that jumper. But I mean, if you watch the tape, guys are literally dapping up. Like no one, no one's yeah. guarding anymore. No one's yeah, doing anything. And for him to just chuck up that, yeah, big. I mean, it was like twenty five feet or something just to get to fifty one. I am fully supporting Irving. Uh, and yeah. I mean, obviously, like you said, frustration with being up big in that game and then losing. Uh, tough, but the Nuggets are no joke, though. I'm actually a big fan of yeah, that Nuggets squad. I know, me too. And they got Isaiah Thomas coming back pretty soon, I believe, too, from the hip injury. And uh, we'll see if that's a benefit to them or if they're going to roll with what they have because right now they're looking pretty stellar. Yeah, that Jokic fellow is a stud. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, one final headline is some college basketball action. We had some college tip-off yesterday on Tuesday Kansas, number one, knocked off number 10, Michigan, by five points. Uh, and the biggest story, however, came in the Duke-Kentucky game. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really a game at all, Pearson. No, uh, that was a Globetrotter-esque game. Um, that was the USA against Latvia in the Olympics-type game. Um, uh, I mean, Zion Williamson's unbelievable. Uh, is it J.J. Barrett? R.J. Barrett. R.J. Yeah. Barrett. Yep. Um, I'll be honest. I watched the highlights, but this R.J. Barrett uh, guy is no joke at all Stud. either. I believe Stud. he's number one in this class. Um, two freshmen with the most two freshmen with the uh, most points in their first start uh, in at Duke basketball. Um, they both beat the record, so they're going to be a force to reckon with this year. Yeah, I mean it's insane. I mean, your final score, number four Duke, hundred and eighteen to number two Kentucky, eighty four. Um, oh this yeah, this <laughs> game was played on a neutral site, so it's not like Duke went into Rupp Arena and just blew the doors off. But I mean, it's insane to beat this team. I mean, we all know how good Coach Cal and the Kentucky crew have been, and this year they actually have some guys returning. So this was supposed to be the year that Kentucky kind of starts to make a deeper run than mm. usual, and they just go out and lose by 34. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll be a good – they're always uh, in the conversation. They're always a, a solid team in March, but Duke just – they basically proved that they're Bama of the college football world right now or the college basketball world. Um, I don't see them losing too many games, if any, this if, year. If any, yeah, that's where I was going to take it. I mean, it's insane. I'm just looking at the box score here. What blows my mind is – it was 59 to 42 at half, and then Duke scored 59 and Kentucky 42 again in the second half. So mm-hmm. that was just weird. But um, no, yeah, I mean, Duke has the one, two, and three recruits of this class. Uh, like you said, RJ Barrett and Zion Williamson both showed out. And this team looks like an absolute wagon. And I'm not really sure that they're going to lose once this year. So if you got any futures, I'd throw some money on Duke to win the NCAA title. I'm Ooh, sure it's, you're going there already. I'm, I'm already taking it. Yeah, I haven't, but I probably will after we're done recording this. But And again, this is no knock on Kentucky. This is just how good Duke is, which yeah. is very scary. Well, it should be a knock on Kentucky. You're one of the premier college basketball uh, schools. Um, you got to try and be there up with number one and number two. Um, I mean... This was embarrassing, pretty much. Um, it, Duke was so clearly the better team. Uh, I don't see how Kentucky can really change too much to try and get to that level. I don't see how any team could really uh, do anything to get to that level right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure. We had we did have uh, number three Gonzaga drop 120 points. Okay, but uh, they played Idaho State. Oh, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> that that'll put something into perspective for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Those uh, are like. Do you think Duke could beat like the Hawks or someone right now? Or, like, oh man, Magic? I don't know. It's like we always have these debates, like you said yeah. in college football, like Bama playing the Browns or someone. Yeah. Probably this year they could beat the yeah. 49ers. Well, probably beat the Cardinals. Yeah the Raiders too maybe but um no man I don't know it's it's tough but I mean these guys are ready for the NBA that's all I know yeah I watched all of about 15 minutes of this Duke game and I've watched zero Atlanta Hawk basketball so (laughs) maybe I don't know I need Zion on the Celtics next year yeah I mean that dude is King's pick he is an athletic freak of nature um, let me just give you, he's six, seven, two eighty five hmm. as an 18 year old freshman, if I'm not mistaken. And he can get up. Yeah. And the boy's got like a 92 inch vertical. Is that Gronk Aaron judge size right there? Yes. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. He's a monster. He's going to be an absolute freak. Uh, but that'll do it for the headlines. Yeah. We can go from college basketball to a little college football. We have uh, the cultural ball playoff rankings are out. Everyone's always big in on debating those. I'll just run you the top six real quick. We have Alabama at number one, Clemson at number two, followed by Notre Dame at three, Michigan at four, Georgia at five, and Oklahoma rounding out the five, the top six here. So mm-hmm. obviously got to be in the top four to get in, but they always key in on those uh, top six teams those last two out are always making a push. Mm-hmm. Expected a little more of that LSU-Bama game, uh, I'll Oof. be honest. But, uh, I mean, I'm a Coach O guy. Go, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just shows you that Bama's kind of far and away the favorite here. Um, we do have some good games this week. Um, do you want to get through them? It's Ohio State minus 3.5 at Michigan State, which should be a good one. Mm-hmm. A little Big Ten action. Got mm-hmm. number 10 going to number 18. Yep. Um, I'm going to take the Buckeyes in this one, and I'll actually okay. take them to cover as well. Uh, I think Ohio State season's not over yet. They had that very, very poor loss um, to Indiana. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if they went out, they beat Michigan, go on and win the Big Ten championship, they'll be a one-loss team. Um, it's not a great loss, mm-hmm. but they'll be a one-loss conference champion, and so who knows? They, they, can might, sneak, they might sneak in, yeah. their way in there. Yep, I, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I got Ohio State covering and uh, winning against Michigan State. All right, let's jump to uh, the Pac-12. They're, they're a sneaky set of teams here as we move forward. Washington State, eighth-ranked team in the country. They've been flying under the radar and they're going to travel to the Buffs of Colorado. Mm. And right now it's Washington State minus six and a half. Pearson, this is my upset alert of the week right here. You got an upset here, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Colorado to cover six and a half. Okay, is uh, this an elevation thing or what are we? Uh... Well, let, follow, follow me here. Uh, Colorado started the year 4-0, always okay. good. Yep. They've since lost four straight. Uh, not good. Not great. But they score a lot of points, and that's what I'm happy about. And their running back is unbelievable. Um, I'm going to pull up his name real quick because I (laughs) cannot remember it for the life of me. Um, I think it's Trey McMillan. Trayvon McMillan. Trayvon McMillan. Yeah, he's very good. 837 yards already on the year, five touchdowns. Uh, So he's not finding the end zone a whole lot, but 
837 yards in nine games. Pretty good. Okay. So I like Colorado to cover the six and a half here, Mm -hmm. and I would not be shocked if they pull off the upset at home. I like that pick. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to (laughs) go Washington State minus six and a half. I'll take them to cover on that spread, and uh, I don't think that – Colorado has a, I mean, four losses in a row, and you're taking them as the upset. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. It is my shocker pick. All right. Of the week. Yeah. I'm gonna ride with my buffs because right. they won me some money earlier in the season, and I like them again. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to uh, the uh, the hometown game. We got Ooh. Clemson number two at uh, BC, ranked 17th. That's on uh, game day, and we have Clemson plus. Or Clemson minus 20 and a half, which yeah. is a pretty big spread. Um, I'll probably take that spread and have Clemson covering, unfortunately. I, I want to root for my BC guys. But uh, it, either way, this, this would be a fun game to go to. Yeah, it, it'll be a good one. I am currently scrounging for tickets. Um, last time I checked on a ticket site where I won't give any free ads. But, um, <laughs> no free ads. No free ads. They had tickets... Hovering around 100 bucks, that is a kit and caboodle for a mm. college football game. Um, but I like Clemson in this one. Uh, man, 20 and, 21 points. Number. It's a lot, yeah. There's a, there's a disgusting NFL spread coming later in the show. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I, I'll take BC to cover. Um, okay. I don't think they're going to win, but no. I think they can keep it – Probably around 14 points, like right around that two-score mark. Okay. Um, crowd's going to be buzzing under the lights uh, in Chapel Hill. A.J. Dillon's an absolute monster for BC. So, I mean, obviously he's going up against one of the best defensive lines in the country. Yeah. But I like the Eagles to hold tight in this one. Okay. So yeah, hopefully they can prove me right. I don't hate the pick. Um, I, I could see a little uh, garbage time TD sneak in the cover. That, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I want I want BC to win, obviously. Oh yeah, no, but that would be unbelievable. Yeah, that would be that would be a wild game for sure. Keep an eye on that one late. Um, rounding out some of the playoff contenders here, we have a couple Big Twelve games. Uh, TCU at number nine, West Virginia. The Mountaineers are twelve and a half point favorites. Uh, I'm going to lean towards TCU in this one. And I'll tell you why, Pearson. As much as I love Will Greer for uh, quarterback West Virginia, TCU's played some tough games, and they played Ohio State pretty tough. And I'm just going to put that notion to the fact (laughs) that they can cover 12 points. Okay. Yeah. They'll try to keep it within one score. I can see that happening. Um, I also know nothing about these two teams, so I'm going to stay out of this one. Got it. (laughs) Plead the fifth. I like it. Um, and then finally, we have number six, Oklahoma, hosting Oklahoma State. The Cowboys are 20-point underdogs, wow. which is another extremely high number. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking out of this uh, Oklahoma rivalry here? Uh, I, got, I, I got Oklahoma by 21 to 24 points, actually. Um, I, I don't think Oklahoma State can hang around uh, with the Sooners. Um, I've been an Oklahoma guy ever since Baker made me watch uh, his every game of his last year, and it was unbelievable to watch. But uh, that might be just picking favorites. He's obviously no, not longer no longer on the team. But I got Oklahoma covering at minus twenty. Oof. 
Um, oh man, I have I've been flip flopping on this game here because both teams can score like crazy. Um, Mike Gundy is an absolute psycho, so he is considering benching players if they get bad penalties. So mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going up against your rival trying to ruin a team season, I don't know if benching some of your top players is a good idea. Um, so with the turmoil that's going on, floating around with them, they just lost a tough one at Baylor. I think this, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you can call it a trap game just because of the rivalry. They also host West Virginia, another top 10 team next week. So tough schedule coming up for Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I, I think I'm with you. I'm going to take Oklahoma to cover with okay. those three scores, which is a little sickening. But Yeah, seriously. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride the Sooners in a big uh, Bedlam rivalry. All right, let's do it. Uh, and, and just one final note, we talked about a lot of the uh, college football playoff, the, the top five ranking teams, top six. Uh, you have the two SEC teams are already scheduled for a championship game in Atlanta. You have number five, Georgia, hosting number 24, Auburn, and number one, Bama, hosting number 16, Mississippi State. Um, I'm Bama is like 30 point favorites or something. So I'm just going to take Georgia and Bama to both win and they're going to ride pretty easily into an SEC championship game. Okay. I like that. Um, I'm going to take a little sleeper here. I'm going Bama Auburn. Uh, yeah, I got Auburn beating Georgia. This probably is a, uh, a pick that not many people are choosing, but uh, as I said before, big Tigers guy, so let's roll with that. I like it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Tigers, uh, Mizzou lost by the mm. same amount as the number four team in the country did uh, at Alabama last week, but yeah. uh, they scored points, so... Who's better, Mizzou or LSU? Yeah, Mizzou's been haven't they been decent this year? I mean, what what are they? Uh, what's their ranking right now? Uh, oh, they're not ranked, but oh. they're five and four. But according to Drew Locke, they're the best five and four team in the country. Yeah, and you know, I mean, they've suffered some tough losses. They got screwed in the Kentucky game, which would have been a top fifteen win for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they just went down to Florida, beat number eleven team thirty eight to seventeen on the road. So kudos to them and. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have beat Georgia, but beat themselves, and they had a monsoon ruin their game in South Carolina. So yeah, basically, <laughs> they should be they should be like seven and two, maybe eight and one if we're getting crazy. But according to Drew Locke, who is the best quarterback in the country, that Mizzou is the best five and four team in the country. So I got to agree here, honestly. Go I mean, Tigers! What they lost one by one to Kentucky, number eleven seed right now. Uh, which Destro- they should have won. Destroyed Florida. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they put up some points against Bama. And I mean, it was still a blowout, but I- I'm with you. I think they're, uh, I think they're uh, more, uh, I think they're a better team than their, uh, than their record shows right now. Yeah, they should be. But uh, they did force Bama to punt. So they were the first team to do that. There so you go. All kinds of records coming out. Take the winners. Yeah. Uh, that should wrap up the college talk here. We'll keep you guys posted as far as, these playoff rankings as they come out, obviously nothing concrete yet. Still got three weeks to go in the season, but we are fully looking forward to the stretch run here. Mm-hmm. It looks like uh, we got some good teams in the mix, and we always have that pesky UCF team sitting undefeated as they take on Navy this weekend. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Keep an eye on those uh, pretending national champions. Hey. Uh, 
jump over to big boy football? Let's do it. All right. uh, a little NFL action. Uh, week nine storylines. The biggest uh, one that stood out to me was the Rams losing their first game to the Saints. Uh, I mean, that was a fun game to watch if you if, oh, yeah. if you caught it. Um, Michael Thomas, obviously, we talked about that going off. Um, Robert Woods, big game. Um, the Rams, the Rams are a good team. I actually think they are slowly. Uh, I think teams are figuring them out. I think you're going to see a couple more losses come in the next few weeks to uh, uh, to the Rams. But the Saints, I mean, I can't say enough. Drew Brees has always been a stud. Um, he seems like he's finally got uh, a defense that can uh, do enough to get him to. I mean, last year they were doing unbelievable too, but I mean, they just added Des Bryant. Now they got Des, um, they got Michael Thomas, they got Kamara, they got Mark Ingram. Um, they're deadly right now. Yeah, I honestly, adding Des, the Saints were high on my list. As far as NFC teams going to the Super Bowl, uh, with the addition of Dez, obviously you don't know what you're going to get out of him, but dude's still an athletic specimen. Mm -hmm. Catch the football. Uh, Dez caught it. But uh, I I think the Saints right now are my pick out of the NFC to get to the Super Bowl. And I'm looking at the Rams' schedule. You said there could be some losses on the horizon. What do we got? Uh, We'll talk about the Seahawks later once we get into Week 10. But uh, after that, they have... The Chiefs at the Lions, at the Bears, uh, the Eagles, and then the Cardinals and 49ers. So, I mean, hmm. Seahawks, Chiefs, Bears, Bears Eagles. Maybe. Yeah. I, could, I could see uh, two more losses there. Uh, I think the Chiefs uh, I think the Chiefs will beat them. Um, I think that the Bears are a sneaky, very, very good team. Um, if Mitch Trubisky is uh, hitting some of his throws, I mean – they're they're actually like a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, and that'll weird be, to say. That'll be in Chicago in December. So mm, bear weather. Yeah, that is that is Soldier Field bear weather, and uh, those LA boys aren't ready for it. But yeah, so could be a couple more losses on the horizon for the Rams. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Julio Jones get his first touchdown of the season. Which is an insane stat because that man is so good at catching the football. And he had 894 receiving yards before his first touchdown in a Falcons win over the Buccaneers. Or, excuse me, Falcons win over the Redskins. I mean, it's crazy how many receiving yards he's had before that. Was that, what was it? It was like 10 to 12 games since he had his last touchdown or something. Yeah, dating back into the end of last season for sure. This man is too good for you not to get it in his hands in the red zone. And even his touchdown here, like, he could have easily been down. They would have run it in. I mean, it, he's he is a beast, and uh, he needs as many touches as you can give him in the red zone. Yeah, he is he is a monster, that's for sure. Um, we sh- should we knock out this whole GOAT debate game? Uh, sure, yeah, let's, let's get into that. Packers, Packers Patriots. Um, it's supposed to be a good one. Wasn't a gorgeous <laughs> game, uh, but... You definitely got to see uh, a lot of each team's weaknesses, I thought. Um, I mean, the Patriots did a great job of uh, containing Rodgers. Uh, I think they only got one sack, but it came in a huge moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was constantly throwing off off balance, throwing off his back foot, throwing it up last second from the pressure. Uh, I think the Patriots' defense did an excellent job against the Packers this week. Yeah, they looked very, very good. Um, although... Credit to the Packers. If they only took the score from the third quarter, they would have won the game seven nothing. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, you got you got things to build on 
Green Bay sitting at 3-4-1, 0-4 on the road. Brady said in an interview with Rodney Harrison before the game, he doesn't like being called the, the greatest of all time. Um, when he wanted to, he was asked to choose between who was the greatest when he was young, he was split between Steve Young and Joe Montana. And when he was asked about who was the greatest in the NBA, Mark, Michael Jordan or LeBron James, he would not answer the question because he thinks they're both great in their own way and he is all of our dads. But LeBron James doesn't do any commercials to debate whether Aaron Rodgers or Brady's the GOAT, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, obviously Brady's the GOAT. Yeah. And I'm calling him that even if he doesn't love it. But, I mean, it's not like this was a huge standout game from him. Great win against a great team. One TD, almost 300 yards. Uh, I think uh, Rodgers had two, 250 or something, two TDs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, he did exactly what he needed to do for a team win and that's what makes him better than anyone else is he can hand the ball off to James White he can oh Corderell Patterson run the ball 10 10 yard average per carry on that on that one drive yeah it's insane uh I mean they go with what's going they go with uh, what's working and uh obviously uh James White Patterson and Gordon yeah out game here yeah, he had that great grab, which was so funny. Uh, it looked like Edelman was going to jump and try and catch it. Yeah. And the minute he just like looked over and saw Gordon had it, he just put his hand in the air. He's like, oh, <laughs> yep, nope, touchdown. Yeah. And, I, uh, uh, I was uh, re- watching some of the mic'd up things after the game, and Belichick, right as Brady yeah, oh, comes yeah. off the field, was that to Edelman or Gordon? He goes, that was to Josh. That was to Josh. Yeah. And he was like, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Belichick yeah. kind of laughed it off. Uh, let's go with that. It was to Josh, and that was a great throw, great tutty, and uh, congrats to Josh Gordon for having a kind of a breakout game here. Yeah. especially Definitely going to see more to come from him. Uh, obviously, he had Gronk out of the lineup, so it's mm-hmm. good to see that uh, Brady was moving the ball around, and yep. Gordon was definitely a big target. Mm-hmm. But... Um, We'll talk about some lowlights here. Uh, poor Matt Stafford and our good friend Matt Patricia over in Detroit. The Minnesota Vikings set a franchise record with 10 sacks on Sunday. And Donnell Hunter, three and a half sacks himself and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Mm. I, mean, I don't know if there's any worse day at the office. Yeah. Uh, Frat Stafford, tough day uh, at the frat house. But... um. You know, the Lions, uh, I like what Matt Patricia's doing. Uh, I think they can turn it around, but the Vikings' D defensive line, line uh, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, 10 sacks is ridiculous. Um, you can't have that happen. Lions seem to figure that out, offensive line. Yeah, that was yikes. <laughs> oh, boy. Poor Matt Stafford. I'm sure he had some bruises. Probably still does. Oh, yeah. Uh, another another low light here. Well, I guess it's a glass half full kind of thing. Nathan Peterman got the start for the Bills against the Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, threw three interceptions. A couple of them went back for touchdowns. But Pearson, silver lining, his career quarterback rating improved. That is an <laughs> unbelievable statement. Three <laughs> interceptions. Makes no and sense. And his QBR went up. That yeah. is something that only the greats can do. Nathan Peterman is a man of the people. Uh, he is here for all of our entertainment, and he never disappoints. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, you can have games where you, oh, I want the Patriots to go off, beat the Packers. Okay, that was a good game. Nathan Peterman, if you bet for him to get one to two to three interceptions, it's the easiest bet there is. I mean. I love Nathan Peterman. Oh, my gosh. 
His stat line just makes no sense to me at all. First of all, he throws the ball 49 times, completes 31 of his passes for only 189 yards. Yeah. That's, that's less than five yards. Well, no, it's like five and a half yards per pass. Like, how does that even work? The fact that we're still, like, talking about Nathan Peterman yeah. and the fact that he's still on that roster, uh, even any <laughs> roster, is unbelievable, and I hope he plays 10 more years. Yeah. Oh, gosh. For the Bills. Uh, final week nine headline here. Um, Amari Cooper, the newest Dallas Cowboy after the trade from the Raiders. Uh, got a touchdown in his first game. I believe he had five catches, just under about 30 yards. Uh, touchdown. And Cowboys lose, however, in Monday night in what was one of the grossest games to watch. And Michael Irvin almost had a heart attack defending the <laughs> Cowboys in this one. And, boy, he looks pretty dumb. Yeah. I mean, I... Jerry Jones is my least favorite owner in the NFL. Uh, he, he, you could just see him like banging his fist in the owner's box. Uh, it was great to watch for me. Um, but Cooper, weirdly, the one kind of light in the Cowboys offense there. Um, did not expect him to kind of get in the system that quickly, but uh, gets a touchdown. Um, I guess he was a good pickup, but are the Cowboys good, better? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, time will tell. Yeah, Cooper's final line, five catches, 58 yards and a touchdown. So I shortchanged him on the yardage. Okay. But uh, he did lead all Dallas receivers in yardage mm-hmm. and receptions and targets. So, I mean, uh, apparently they're going to work him in as fast as possible. Yeah, they need something, some kind of spark. Yeah, so that bodes well for my two fantasy teams. Yeah. Um, Want to talk about some week eight or week 10 games? Let's move yeah. forward to this weekend. Yeah, let's get into it. All right, we got a uh, good one. one on tap on Thursday. Yeah, you want to kick us off with sure, that? Sure, yeah. We got Panthers at Steelers, um, minus four uh, for the Steelers, and over is 52, which is pretty high. It might be the highest of the week, honestly. Um, you see a lot of big offense in this, Jack? Yeah, I more so because I really don't like the Steelers' defense, mm-hmm. and um, I think the Panthers – as good as Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis are at linebacker, I'm not a huge fan of their corners. So I think uh, guys like Juju and Antonio Brown, they could have some big weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there's going to be a good amount of scoring going on in this one, and I would love to see the Panthers pull it out. I would too. Um, I, think that, I think the Steelers will win this game. But the Panthers are on a roll right now. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is unbelievable. One of, one of the best fantasy options in the right now at, our, at running back. Um, but I, I just think the Steelers' offense is is kind of clicking right now. Juju has been unbelievable. He's going to get absolutely paid um, at the end of the season, I believe. Um, Antonio Brown's going to do him. Le'Veon Bell is currently playing basketball at LA Fitness. Right? Can I, I get guess a that's, pickup game with him? I guess that's what he meant by by Miami. <laughs> yeah. Thought it was going to Pittsburgh or maybe some other team, but no, he's just going to play some basketball at the local Y. He spelled farewell wrong. Yeah. That was the big, that was the biggest. I, I, know. I don't know if he meant to or not, but like that was so funny. There's I, no I, way he meant to. Yeah, he tweeted out farewell Miami, and he spelled it incorrectly. And oh man, that was too much for me. I died when I saw that. I wish literacy could get you fourteen million a year. Yeah, like, we could do that. Yeah, this man. Um, I'm actually going to take the Panthers in this game. Okay. Um, I know it's the Steelers at home, so you get home Ben rather than road Ben. 
but it's a short week. Uh, like you said, the Panthers are really starting to feel themselves. I mean, they've won three in a row, uh, five of their last six games. So yeah. they're coming on strong. What do you? Uh, did you watch? Did you watch any of the game? Ben, Big Ben went down. Uh, yeah, pretty he, hard. Looked like like season ending the way he was kind of like on the ground, not moving. Comes back in maybe four plays later. I mean, the guy can come back from the dead. Yeah, yeah. They had uh, Josh Dobbs, former Tennessee quarterback. Shout out SEC. Uh, he came in and they let him sling it actually from like the one yard line. Completed a nice like right okay. around twenty yard pass. So. Yeah, it was good to see Dobbs get in there. Uh, but, yeah, Big Ben is constantly one hit away from being wheeled out of the press conference. He's like the opposite of Tom Brady where he obviously – I mean, he's got a P.F. Chang's diet. It's not like he's eating avocado ice cream every day. But if he goes – if Brady goes down and is on the ground, you're fucking worried. Yeah. If ben, Big Ben goes down and, like, his arm is detached or something, you're like, oh, he'll be back in uh, the next series. Yeah, he'll, he'll figure it out. He gets he, diagnosed with a bruised ego. Yeah. I mean, the guy's got broken finger or something. Probably, I mean, this guy's going to have some serious injuries just the rest of his life, I think. Yeah, he's, he's going to be slowing down. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Panthers to cover the four points. I actually like him to win the game, too. Okay. Uh, so that'll be definitely a fun one. Usually the Thursday games are a little tough to get through, yeah. but this is a good way to kick off week 10 here. Does 52 seem high to you or just about right? Um, I think it, it's going to be pretty close. Yeah. I, I, I probably would lean towards the under. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that surprisingly this year the Thursday games have actually usually been hitting the over. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to see, I think uh, 27-24 is just screaming out like a good score for me here. Okay. And that would put it right at 51. So that scares me. Yeah. Vegas knows what they're doing. I would, ah, I'm going to slam the over. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I'm thinking 31, 28, uh, something like that. Um, It's going to be pretty high scoring. I think Thursday nights have been pretty big uh, as of late. Yeah. So that'll, that'll be a fun one to kick the week off. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, let's actually jump to the highest over of the week. I know you thought uh-huh. 52 would be the highest, but look out for the Saints and Bungles because okay. there's going to be some points scored in this one on Sunday in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy, actually. I know A.J. Green on the Bengals this week. Um, I'm praying that Tyler Boyd's going to get every single target. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I I got to like, I mean, minus five and a half for the Saints, the way they've been playing, I got to take them. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to get, I'm going to take the under on this one too. I'm right there with you. I think it'll be over by the third quarter. And I think that garbage time, mm, I don't see anything happening much in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Saints by 12 to 14 points. Ooh, I like it. A little double digit action. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, like you said, the, A.J. Green being out with the foot injury is huge for that Bengals offense. Uh, probably not good for Joe Mixon fantasy owners because they're probably going to be stacking the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, I myself need Joe to go off this weekend, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Saints at minus 5.5, and, and I'm going to take the under at 54-2. That just seems like too many points for yeah. Bengals. I mean, they're obviously out Tyler Eifert as well mm-hmm. for another week, so – this Mixon and Boyd apparently are going to put up all the points. Yeah, Mixon and Boyd, and man, I just don't know who else they're going to throw to. Maybe John Ross can bust one down the yeah, down go. the seam or something. We'll see the speedster, but yeah, I think uh, I think the Saints are going to go into Paul Brown Stadium and rifle off another win. I think so. 
All right, uh, we will move on to uh, one of the better games of the week. This is really a terrible week for matchups. We oh, are realizing this in yeah. prep. But uh, the Patriots at the Titans, uh, minus 6.5 for the Pats, over under at 46.5. What do you got, Jack? Well, this one I've been going back and forth on, and mainly the over-under. I think the Pats will cover 6.5, which I know going into Tennessee is going to be tough. Uh, Mike Vrabel, new head coach of the Titans, I'm sure he's going to have all the guys ready to go this Mm -hmm. weekend. I mean, you you always get everyone's best, but... You got Malcolm Butler on the other side as well. Uh, he's going to want to have a big game. I don't know if Brady will do that thing where they just don't throw at him to keep him out of the uh, out of the game plan. But I think this Patriots offense is really starting to find their stride. Uh, supposedly Gronk is going to play as of the early rumblings of the week. It would be nice to see Sony Michelle get back in there as well. Yeah, uh, but. I think New England can win by a touchdown, so I'll take the Pats at six and a half. Um, and gosh, over under forty six and a half. I really don't know because yeah, right the Titans' the offense is so so horrific. Um, I'll probably I'm gonna go. Uh, oh God, I'll go under forty six and a half. Okay, it's dangerous, but yeah, I'll I'll lean more towards the uh, New England minus six and a half. All right, um, I like that bet. Um, I will take the Pats uh, by about ten, um, so I'll take them covering that spread, and I, I'm gonna take the over because I love slamming overs, and I'll give it. The Titans showed a little little spark of offense against the Cowboys. I know they're a pretty bad team, but. I think Mariota is figuring it out a little bit. He's got a couple people he can throw it to: Corey Davis, Taewon Taylor, um, and then you got Dion Lewis. Obviously, is their probably their number one receiving and running back. Um, I, I got the Pats uh, covering and the over. Nice. I am pulling up the uh, Pats Titans game from last year divisional. 35-14 was the yeah. final there. Obviously, different teams, uh, different coaching over on the Tennessee side. But that would put it at 49 if we're going to look back there. So right around that 46 and a half. Mm-hmm. I, I don't hate the over. That's what I'm flip-flopping on. But yeah. I guess for the sake of parity in the show, I'll stick with the under. Yep. Um, yeah, like Pearson said, not a whole lot of great games. That's why we're just kind of pulling. We pulled about <laughs> six. Um We'll go now to the Seahawks at the Rams in Los Angeles. I'm pretty excited for this one. The line right now is Los Angeles minus 10. So obviously coming off their first loss of the year, look to bounce back from a little adversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, over under sitting at 50 and a half. I am actually going to put the stamp on it right now, Pearson. Uh-oh. This is my lock of the week. Seahawks, Rams, over 50 and a half. There's going to be points scored in this one. The Seahawks offense has begun to find its stride. Russell Wilson's uh, working the ball around. And I think the Rams' defense is suspect. Like you said earlier in the show, they've shown a couple holes. And Pete Carroll is usually pretty good at finding those. And Seahawks' defense on the flip side, not great. Rams' offense, very good. Points will be scored in the sunny, warm confines of Los Angeles. Okay. Jack Barlow with the mortal lock on that game. Um, 
just remind me, besides like Carson, who who do the Seahawks have? Um, well, I got Doug Baldwin. I think he's yeah, healthy they again. Um, they have this tight end who I can't pronounce his name, but it's very, very funny. Um, I'm going to pull it up for a second. But, yeah, I believe um, like Mike Smith is now their running back or something ungodly. Uh, it's just not very good as far as the Seahawks offense. Um, but Mike Davis, I'm saying Mike Smith, yeah. Mike Davis is their new kind of change of pace back with Chris Carson. And uh, Jerron Brown has looked pretty good, wide receiver out of Clemson. Uh, Tyler Lockett, he's been pretty decent coming down the stretch. Uh, and Will Disley is the tight end I was talking about. I just have no idea how to pronounce mm-hmm. that name. There's too many consonants in a row. Uh, and then Ed Dixon is the other tight end there that Wilson oh, yeah, yeah. has been featuring pretty recently. So Played I mean, him in fantasy last week. He had a good week, didn't he? Zero points. Oh, what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Maybe it was a week before. I thought he had some... No, I, uh, I think that's why they picked him up. And yeah. I just don't think he had any... Oh, yeah. Tough day. Tough week. Week before, he had a touchdown. 54 okay. yards. So All right. Not too bad. I but. am taking... Uh, I am taking the Rams. No. I am taking the Seahawks nice. to cover. Nice. And I know you're going to take the mortal lock over. I'm going to take the under on this one. I think I think that it'll be a close game. Um, I think that it will oddly be decently low scoring. I'm picturing 20, 24, 21, 27, 21 kind of game. All right. So it was, I mean, 27, 21, we're flirting with that 50 line yeah, right we're there. we're flirting, we're flirting. Yeah. I like it though. Um, yeah, I think, I think the Seahawks to cover the 10 points is – a pretty decent bet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll take the Rams to cover the 10 though, because okay. I'm thinking they're going to come out like gangbusters yeah. and something to prove. Yeah. I think Todd Gurley, if he falls again on the two yard <laughs> line and fails to cover the spread, I will be very upset. Luckily <laughs> had no action in that game a couple weeks ago. Oh, uh, that was so fun to watch when you had no action. in it. Yeah. It was dangerous <laughs> if you're on the other side though. Yeah. But, yeah, so Pearson's got Seahawks covering 10, under 50 and a half. I have the opposite, Rams going for the 10 and going for the over. And that's my lock. lock. So, over. yeah, that is uh, take that as you will. Yep. All right. Um, and the last game of the week that we thought had some merit to be in the conversation of a good game, we got the Dolphins at the Packers. Uh, Packers minus 9 and a half, 47 and a half spread. Or, uh, yes. Total. Total, yeah. Yep. Um, I think, are the Dolphins good? What do you think? No. 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 No, they're not. I am out on the Dolphins. No, not Brock. You're not, not it's, I guess it's no longer Brocktober. No, no, we're into Brovember, and <laughs> that just, no. All right. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you here. I, I'm going to take the Packers to win. It's kind of a must win for them. Uh, they seem to... Every year, it seems like the Packers are not that great of a team, like, to- like all around, and they seem to somehow always be in the race, uh, at least in their division. Yeah, I mean, you look at the games that the Packers have lost these last two weeks, um, at the Rams, at New England, 
Uh, we talked about that New England game yep. pretty extensively, but I mean, losing to the Rams by two points, uh, that was a tough one there. They were in that game for a while, had a bad fumble. So, I mean, this team is hovering around a playoff spot. I mean, they're, their division is very average. Yeah, I was just about to say. Bears NFC at five North. and three, Minnesota at five and five, three and one, Packers three, four and one, Lions at three and five. So this could this division could change very easily within the next two three weeks. Um, I I think that it's a good division. The Vikings are a good team. Um, I think the Lions are pretty much out, um, but. Packers, Vikings, Bears, it'll be a good race to see who can uh, take the NFC North. Yeah, down the stretch, definitely going to be a tough division race there. Unfortunately for the Packers, they did announce yesterday Geronimo Allison is going on injured reserve. Hmm. Uh, So that's tough for the wide receiver core there. But uh, Valdez Scantling, I cannot remember his first name, but uh, (laughs) pick him up in fantasy if he's still around. Definitely look to grab him. He's going to have some targets going his way now that Allison's on the IR. Yep. But and uh, uh, quickly, unless you got something else there. No, I was just going to say as far as picks go, um, I'll probably take the Packers at nine and a half. Yeah. Uh, it's in Lambeau, and I like that. Um, yep. I am not a big fan of this Dolphins team. Um, and <laughs> after watching them play the Jets, last weekend in what was probably one of the most boring NFL games ever in the history of the world. Um, I'm going to take the Packers at minus nine and a half and I will take under 47 and a half because I just don't think this Dolphins team can put up any points. Yeah. I'm going to go with you on the under there. Dangerously Packers to cover. Yeah. Dangerously poor performance from the Dolphins in that last week. I don't think they're as bad as you, uh, you're saying though. Looking at some of these games, I mean, they. Uh, I mean, they're they, five and four. They beat the Bears. Um, they beat the Raiders. Okay, they're bad. Yeah. No. Yeah. Never they're mind. bad. Going back on my word here. <laughs> yeah. They uh, they have wins against the Jets, Raiders, and Jets, yeah. as well as Bears and Titans and Bears. Bears is probably their best win. Yeah. All yeah. right, I'm with you. Yep. Dolphins suck. Yeah, Dolphins are bad. All right, uh, not the best game here, but I got to uh, get to it because it is my mortal lock. We got the Jaguars at the Colts, and we have, let me see here, we got Indy minus three and the over-under set at 46.5. I am taking the Indianapolis Colts over minus three, or I mean, sorry, covering minus three. Uh, I think they're going to win by 10 to 14 points uh, in Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, I think the Jaguars are pretty trash. Um, Marlon Mack, kind of a stud lately. Uh, I think that he's going to have a big game. I think Andrew Luck has been throwing the ball well. And I think the Jaguars, even at 3-5, and five, are still uh, a very overrated bad team. Yep, I'm with you. Colts coming off a bye at home, minus three. I feel like that is just phenomenal. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to jump all over that. I like that. And I'm also taking the under in this one because although Leonard Fournette might be coming back, um, who knows with that guy really, um, I just I don't think that Jaguars offense can figure it out anytime soon. (laughs) They're bad. I'm actually going to my – Bovada right now to bet on that game. 
Nice. Do it. Do it. Um, any, yeah, like we said, just not a whole lot of great games this weekend. Um, oh, the one thing we do have to touch on before we sign off here, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas City hosting the Arizona Cardinals. 16 and a half point favorites are the Chiefs this weekend. That is an insanely high spread for an NFL game. Um, I don't, I, Screw it! I'll take them to cover sixteen and a half. But yeah. uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's bizarre. I it's bizarre, but it's pretty fair. Um, I think I gotta take uh, I gotta take the Chiefs too to cover. Uh, this Cardinals team is bad. They are not a good football team. Um, I think that the Chiefs uh, they got. I think um, what is his name? Kermit the Frog. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. That was blank. Um, he is going to break the record for most touchdowns by a Chiefs quarterback in a season. And it's pretty early on in the season, so I think he's going to smash that record. He probably um, broke it yesterday. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that Kareem Hunt is going to be a beast, as he usually is. I, I got them winning by 20 points, probably. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bloodbath down there in uh, Kansas City or mm-hmm. over there in Kansas City, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that'll about do it for mm-hmm. Week Ten in the NFL. Uh, if we didn't touch on your team's games, I'm sorry. It means they just weren't that interesting this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but we hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah, we'll be back again uh, hopefully next week. Um, keep a lookout. Uh, we'll be. Uh, posting uh, all this on Twitter. We'll have some polls going up, what you guys want to hear, whether it's fantasy, gambling. um, We will definitely jump into that. Uh, Whether you got a, we might try a stardom situm type of thing. Uh, We'll throw some polls out for that. You guys can tweet at us who you think, uh, who you're you're asking, who you think you should sit, start. Uh, My teams are doing pretty well. I don't mean to brag. Got three leagues. um, And I think I'm in second or third in all of them. So, you know, a little bit of an expert here. Uh, Jack, how are you doing on your fantasy teams? I am doing very well, actually, Pearson. I am in first place in the division in both of my leagues. Okay, there you go. I'm I'm loving it. But uh, I do have a big matchup this weekend uh, going against the other team that's atop the division. Uh, Shout out to you, Marcus Shipley. I'm coming for that ass. (laughs) So, did it once this year already, and I'll do it again. Yeah. Andrew Flynn, you, just because you have Daz doesn't make you a better team. I'm going to crush you. Love it. Uh, like Pearson said, we'll be reaching out on Twitter. You can follow the show at stsports underscore pod. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jack Barlow underscore STS. Pearson is newly crowned on Twitter. What, what are we sitting at we now? P Butler underscore STS. Yes. As much as we loved Pierced Butt, he has decided to make a change. It's a good name. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> uh, go to iTunes, subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review. Mm. We'll hope to have a viewer review of the week next week. So all you guys listening out there or gals, send us a review. Yep. We'll throw it on the show. Give you a shout-out. And tell your friends. We love absolutely. to keep the pod rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, happy to do it. It's my second week here, and uh, I think we're uh, making some good progress on the pod. On the pod, and um, hopefully we can get some more listeners, get some people involved on Twitter. Definitely give us a listen. Definitely toss us um, some stars. 
And uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you next week, boys. Yep. Adios, folks. Thanks for listening. You're a rich girl and you're gone too far because you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man's money. It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far because you know it don't matter anyway. Say my